At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Beth Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. We welcome you back in our final hour of VSN Bet Center. We welcome you, those of you on the East Coast, to your NFL Sunday and late night calendar football. Well, still continuing into this early Sunday morning out east. Back with Jeff Parles, I'm Ben Wilson from our Circus Sportsbook Studios in downtown Las Vegas. Wyatt Tomchek, our outstanding producer, the rest of our great. VEASAN crew behind the scenes. Before we get back to our NFL previews for the rest of week six, uh, Jeff, there is a situation going on down <laughs> in Knoxville, Tennessee at Neyland Stadium. The one that, uh, I, as we've been doing these previews, I've not really been paying attention to the game here. Ole Miss at Tennessee, 31-26 with 54 seconds left. Can you explain yeah. to us in two minutes what has happened over so, the last so, half hour there? So, so look, I, I probably shouldn't be laughing because it's really just a horrible job by the Tennessee fans. Uh, so it was fourth and 24 for Tennessee, down five, with a little over a minute and a half to go. By the way, they have all three of their timeouts left at this point. They throw a completion on live action. It looked like they converted. But on the field, they ruled it a half yard short and brought out the sticks. Obviously short after they brought the sticks out well, based off the spot. And it goes to replay. On replay, at least to me, I thought there was enough evidence to overturn and give Tennessee the first down. Call stance. What that unleashes is, again, again, it shouldn't happen under any circumstance. But fans start firing projectiles onto the field. <laughs> Water bottles, beer bottles. Golf balls somehow, which if you're, golf balls. A, you're smuggling a golf ball into a football game, what are you doing? And then the most perplexing one, a bottle of mustard ended up on the field. Which, <laughs> a last, bottle of mustard. Which last year we had in the SEC, who throws a shoe? Now we have who throws oh. mustard. By the way, Tennessee is going to get the ball back here in all likelihood. With 40 seconds and no timeout in the 31-26 game, uh, the game is finally resumed after about a 20-minute delay to get Tennessee fans to stop throwing stuff on the field, which uh, should not be a hard thing to accomplish, a but it golf was. Ball? <laughs> no, no word on what brand. If that was a you know top flight. Uh, no, we don't know what we know. It was a, we know it was a it was a French's, uh, French's yellow mustard, French's which you yellow. can tell from the label. French's. Uh, so well, I looked up and I just I just see uh, pe- people just the, the Ole Miss uh, players stretching for you know I'm like what what's going on here? So it's been a what 25 minute. Uh, delay, and I'm looking up at a lot of the fans here. Now, at least the student section for Tennessee, well, they're all crowding well, they, they, down the call? first the ten- fifteen Tennessee rows. Tennessee pulled the cheerleaders off the field, and they were covering they were covering their heads with the giant letters that spell Vols, straight and, out of Butch Davis in and, Cleveland and, in 01. And they uh, and they uh, they they pulled the band out of the stands. I'm kind of surprised that they actually didn't make Tennessee forfeit over this. I really am. Even though they would have probably ended up with more things getting thrown on the field if they had done that. But <laughs> but look, again, in a game that uh, we followed most of the night in college football, Ole Miss is up 31-26. This game's going to go way under that giant total. Under 83. Yeah, yeah, go way under that. It's just a matter of, can Ole Miss as a pick hold on here? And on a third and 12, uh, Matt Corral falls on his face, and Tennessee's going to get the ball back 
with no timeouts and about 35 seconds to go, Ben. If they somehow win this game, it would be the, the most uh, shameless field storming of all time if they somehow if they somehow pull this off. I still can't believe that somebody threw a... We, we don't have... We are not graced with the... Who throws a shoe a moment that we had last year? But the fact that somebody threw a, uh, a bottle of mustard onto a... Somebody brought... I, like, it had to have been a concession worker, Jeff. Like, in what I, scenario I, I, are you bringing but, a bottle but, of mustard but here's onto the, into but a here's football the, game? But here's the thing. You've been in stadiums your whole life, Ben. They're not putting the regular bottle of mustard that it looks like you're getting no, it from, it's a dispenser you're getting the giant packaging of mustard and you're putting it in the dispenser for or the, the little people. or the little packets. Or the little packets someone legitimately smuggled a bottle of mustard from their tailgate into neyland stadium could it have been a one of those uh, you know those flask type you know just a very poor man's flask where they just sneak no in way. Just full of vodka no 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 well i mean I, I, I hope they again, washed again, it out again, if that was you, the you, case. You, you know what? It's a college town. Anything's possible. So been, I, I you, have you been I to Knoxville? It's a good, I have, yes. Good, good very, very nice town. Calhoun's top uh, Great five place. barbecue. Yes. Amazing place. Uh, fourth and 17. They are going to return. Uh, the, uh, is Tennessee about to return uh, the punt for a touchdown? He's at midfield, he's at midfield and he's brought down. This, this 28 is, seconds This would be the thing. If Tennessee wins this game after that chicanery from their fan base there, like, that's the crazy part. And they're going this. nuts I, right that's now. That's the crazy part. Like, Tennessee still had a chance, even though they didn't convert. They had all three timeouts, Ben. Now they, have, now they have 27 seconds and 48 yards to get. Not impossible. Oh, man. College football. You got, you got to love it. All right, we'll see what happens here. Let's get back to our NFL previews. There was one Circa Millions consensus play we did not get to, and it's a game that uh, that I like. I know, Jeff, uh, you, you do like this as well. Minnesota. When this opened, was an underdog on the road at Carolina. They are now the betting favorite, and I've seen them, Jeff, in the market. Now, we saw them get as high as, and they're actually now as high as two and a half as we speak right now. Total down to 45 or 45 and a half against Carolina. The, the contest number was one. Minnesota as a favorite after it opened Carolina uh, minus one, largely due to the news that Christian McCaffrey will not suit up. And not only that, Carolina places him on IR earlier today, so he's going to be out a minimum of three additional games uh, after that, so Jeff, always interesting when you get the flip of favorites about a what, three, four point uh, move from the opener uh, here on Minnesota coming off a game where they were very fortunate to win as a nine and a half point favorite at home against the Detroit Lions. Are you uh, you in lockstep here with with the move, Jeff, on Minnesota? It's uh, yeah, I'm not surprised by the move. It's a no play for me. Uh, okay. Totally on this game. Maybe Carolina in a teaser would be the only way I would play it. I wouldn't play it from the, the regular two and a half perspective. Wouldn't play the total. Uh, look, uh, it's just a matter of this line moved when Christian McCaffrey was ruled out and Dalvin Cook was taken off the injury report completely. That was the reason for this move. Now you can argue our running backs worth moving the line over. McCaffrey, I think, is. Dalvin Cook, I don't think is. Because Alexander Madison has looked very good when he's had to play so far this year. Uh, so look, uh, for me, I, I, I'm i going to stay off Wouldn't uh, from the traditional sense. I'm going to have Carolina in a teaser up to eight and a half. Uh, you may even get a three. So if you want to wait and see if you can get the whole nine, uh, so you at least have uh, your your uh, push p- potential, so you get the refund if that were to happen. But look, uh, uh, I, I would, I would, I don't want either side in the traditional sense here, Ben. I did put Minnesota in the contest. I should say with the caveat that there were only five games that I did not just cross off still plays, Jeff. That's so good. of those five, I basically had to throw them in the contest with the five games. I will say this about. Uh, both of these sides and actually the play I like the most here is under I bet it at under 46 and you look at defensively what both of these teams are doing 
A, let's look at Carolina, who has basically had to support this team single-handedly on the defensive side of the ball. And, and so far for head coach Matt Rule, has completely transformed this defense from one of the worst in the NFL last year to now second in defensive DVOA. And look, they're second against the pass as well, Jeff. So uh, while you would think, okay, uh, Kirk Cousins might, uh, might have some opportunity, at least with Dalvin Cook, the running back, cleared to play in this game, I think passing will be very hard to come by in this spot for Minnesota. And they're going to have to really rely on the run with a guy like Dalvin Cook, which in turn leads to longer possessions, more running of the clock, and as a result, I think fewer possessions and a lower score. You look at the flip side here for Minnesota, a defense who, again, you could make a lot of the same arguments and, and the same cases for uh, the turnaround Mike Zimmer has been able to architect there in uh, Minneapolis because how young and how bad that secondary was last year. Uh, Jeff, you look at it now through five weeks, eighth in defensive DVOA, and then the secondary, they're third in EPA per pass play on defense so far. What have we seen out of Sam Darnold? Two, two, three really good weeks to start the year. Uh, the last two weeks have been just he, a he, he is, freaking disaster. As somebody who had Carolina last week, that was a, a oh, miserable, terrible, terrible loss. Experience. Miserable, terrible. Jeff. Terrible. Well, look, I had Carolina too. That was brutal. Brutal that they didn't. Uh, cost, single-handedly cost them the game. Yeah, look, three uh, look, Sam Darnold is the same guy he's always been. He just has better coaching now. And in the games where the game plan doesn't get blown up, he's going to look pretty good. In the games where the game plan gets blown up, he's going to look terrible. And in the second half against Dallas, a turnover happy defense, he turned it over. Philadelphia, if they do anything right, they'll turn you over every once in a while. And guess what? Turnover happy. Again, the biggest thing last week, even more than Darnold's three picks, that block punt was the difference in that game. Because mm-hmm. that basically, I'm not sure Philly would have been capable of driving the, the full field on Carolina's defense at that point in the game. Down 18-13. Short, 18, 13, short yeah. field. You, you're you're absolutely aided by that block punt, and Philadelphia took full advantage of it. So, uh, look, uh, this is a no play for me. If you made me bet the traditional sense, I would take Minnesota, even at the bad number right now. But Carolina teaser is probably the way to play yeah. this game. Sam Darnold, 46.7 PFF grade the last two weeks. That is dead last in the NFL after he was 11th the first three weeks. Five turnover-worthy plays over the last two weeks. We know the three interceptions he had last week. And as a team now, Carolina for the year, 26th in offensive DVOA, 27th with the pass. And while they have been much better, as you would expect, Jeff, with the run game, they're without their best player, Christian McCaffrey, who leads that running attack. And for Minnesota, just to kind of further the underpoint that I have here, and, and I, I took this before, we started seeing a, a cascade of undermoney, uh, which hit a little bit uh, earlier today. Minnesota's been really bad on early downs this year, 25th in early down uh, efficiency. As a result, they've had the longest distance to go on their second down plays of any team in the league this year, Jeff. So uh, I, I think that the defenses are going to hold strong. Keep in mind, with where these teams are at, this is a pretty huge game just from a playoff standpoint. Oh, yeah. These are teams probably going to be fighting for wild card positioning if we assume Tampa Bay and Green Bay continue to, to uh, flex their dominance in their respective divisions. So you think about this, I almost consider this you know, like a pseudo-divisional game where it, even though it's Minnesota, Carolina, they don't meet every year, I expect this to be a really physical game a really tight game. It's probably so. I don't. I don't uh, hate your teaser whatsoever. I just from the Darnold. I don't want to go there. But I think it's really low scoring, and I. I, have, I think Minnesota probably wins in that like nineteen fifteen range, look, something look, weird like that. Look, the NFC six and seven seed race is wide open, wide it open. Is. The winner of this game is going to have the front foot forward for the six seed at this rate, Ben, because you know it's going to be Dallas is your NFC East champ, Green Bay is your North champ, Tampa is your South champ. And then two teams out of the West, 
uh, with the Rams and the Cardinals. New Orleans probably gets in. We one more. Why not winner of this game? Could be. All right. We will see. Uh, when we return, there is a Hail Mary coming up for Tennessee in this crazy game at Neyland Stadium down by five. We'll tell you about that next. Continue our NFL previews right after this here on VEASAN Vet Center and the French's. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit indeed.com slash credit as we are back. VSIN Bet Center, it is over in Knoxville. Back with Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson. Crazy game that saw a 25-minute delay. You saw as we went to break the the uh, the, the mustard bottle. <laughs> The mustard bottle that apparently, according to the online rumors, Jeff, I was right. That was used as a flask by a, a, at least a that's student. The, at least that's the prevailing thought at this point. Uh, there is your French's mustard bottle that ends up on the field. Uh, the greatest sight in, well, I don't know greatest, but most hilarious sight in college football history. After all that, they clear the field. They get everybody back on five-point game. Tennessee forces a punt, Jeff. They, they have a couple cracks at the end zone, and then what happens on the final play of the game? Uh, Joe Milton, uh, 25 yards away with three seconds left. Okay, so that's got to throw in the got end zone. Got a shot. Yeah. Got a shot. Um, ends up rushing and running out of bounds at the 10-yard line. <laughs> okay. Well, there's your ball game on one of the weirdest, yeah, one of the weirdest days, one of the weirdest four hours, I should say, in, uh, in, in Neyland Stadium and, history. And the Ole Miss wins 31-26, and they cover basically a pick <laughs> Game stays way under the 83. Uh, if you had over a half, uh, if you over half uh, mustard bottle thrown onto the field, you do cash that ticket uh, at a very high price. By the way, uh, we have a picture of the golf ball now too. Uh, uh, oh, looks like, a, it looks like a practice. That looks like a ball you hit in the in the water on no, uh, no, 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 no that's a, <laughs> yeah, maybe actually the yellow golf ball looks like a practice golf ball. That looks like one of your Callaway Chrome Softs that. Uh, Met a, met a sad fate in the death. Oh, I'm gonna tell you if uh, if you hit, if you th- if you waste if you uh, first yeah. off if you're throwing a golf ball at, uh, at at the opposing coach, what are you doing? Rethink, a, rethink your life. Hey, and two, if you if that was actually like a Chrome Soft, that you're wasting a Chrome Soft. What are you doing? That's a good point. What are that's, you doing? Come on a, now. That's a that's that's a very good point. Uh, we for, like you and and Wes Reynolds and myself out at the CJ Cup yesterday at the Summit Club, and uh, we didn't find any stray golf balls because they're you know they're professional golfers. Find any out there? All right, let's get back to our uh, our NFL thoughts as we continue to preview all the games on the Week Six card, which again starts early tomorrow, nine thirty on the East Coast. Dolphins Jaguars from Jacksonville. Uh, Jeff, we've gone through some fading and following, looking at the consensus plays. A couple other games though that uh, you and I both like and in, in different areas. Let's start with Rams Giants, a game that has just seen a ton of money uh, come in on the Giants and a big move in the line, largely Jeff due to the injury report and this was as stunning as I think anybody could have anticipated any team's injury report looking like. And that's the fact that the New York Giants, after you saw so many important guys go out last week in that loss to Dallas, the only one who is actually going to miss this game, I guess there are two technically, Saquon Barkley going to be out, as is Kenny Galladay, which were basically widely assumed they would both be missing the game. But Daniel Jones somehow clears concussion protocol. How he did it, I have no idea. 
but he is going to play. Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard have each been upgraded to probable, so they're going to go. Sounds like Darius Slayton will make his return after being injured. He is listed as questionable. And so the Giants, Jeff, uh, look, they were a contest play for me. We'll get into the reasons why in a second at nine and a half in the contest. Uh, they are is as low as eight and eight and a half still in a couple of spots, bringing the Rams squarely now into full teaser range in this spot with your total right around a 48 and a half. I get why the number's coming down, Jeff. I mean, it's, you know, it's Daniel Jones over Mike Glennon. Uh, how much of a, and, and we're obviously still not sure, like how healthy Daniel Jones actually is. He was healthy enough to clear concussion protocol. But uh, Jeff, how, how much of a value to the point spread do you place Daniel Jones over Mike Glennon at this point for this Giants team? Well, with the way Daniel Jones has seemingly figured it out over the previous few weeks before suffering the concussion last week, at least the field goal? Hey, Mike Glennon's done. Mike Glennon's done. I I know he looked okay last week, but there was a lot of garbage time in there uh, with Glennon and the Giants moving the ball. This is a no play for me because it wouldn't shock me if the Rams' defense gets right here and really shuts the Giants down. And it wouldn't shock me either if the Giants stay in this game and have a chance to win it late. So I completely stayed away. I think with Jones in, seven and a half, eight is the right number, which is predominantly what you're seeing now. Uh, Without Jones, uh, I I thought nine and a half on the Rams was really good, (laughs) just because I think Glennon would be a guy that the Rams would torture the whole time because he can't move. At least with Jones, he'll be able to avoid some sacks. Uh, that he may uh, again there's still maybe some nine out there on the Giants that may not be a bad idea but I'm going to stay off DraftKings is the only nine uh, still still on the market and you, we point out some of these injuries as well the supporting cast for Daniel Jones at quarterback for the Giants everybody going to gravitate obviously towards running back Saquon Barkley but to me Jeff a guy who was back in that we weren't sure about his status coming in Kadarius Tony, the rookie wide receiver, I've been so impressed by him so far this year, Jeff. And now that he's started to get a bit of a, a relationship with Daniel Jones, they they both have looked comfortable when Jones has targeted Tony. Last two weeks, Kadarius Tony has forced the most missed tackles of any wide receiver in the NFL over over the last two weeks. Really did nothing in the first three weeks out of this giant offense. You look as well at at the tone at the, the Tony numbers and what he does. He leads the NFL in uh, yards per route run over the last two weeks in the NFL. I, Jeff, I, I think this guy has the potential to be a really special player in New York. And the fact that he's healthy and is able to play this game along with the return of a couple of, of other wide receivers as well, I think they could continue this uh, struggle of the Rams' uh, pass defense, which, as you point out, uh, you say, could, could, it, could it be a get-right spot? Uh, potentially. I mean, just 14th in defensive DVOA. It's been a far cry from what we expected out of the Rams defensively, outside of Aaron Donald, who has still been amazing, the defensive end uh, leads the NFL in pressures, first and uh, tied for first in pass rush win rate so far. But uh, I don't know, Jeff. I, I think with with Tony, I found myself so before the injury last week to uh, to Daniel Jones in that game, like I had I had Cowboys everywhere, contest, teaser, survivor, all sorts of bets, money line parlays. Tony is like the one guy who actually worried me, having a bet against the Giants. I think with him back healthy, I, I think they can give the Rams some problems. I know you have the extra rest for L.A. I would like this a lot more if this was just an even seven seven days of rest for each team. But because of that, I think the Rams keep, or I, I say, I think the Giants keep this in one score. And I, I did put this uh, in the contest. Again, Are you as high on Tony as I am? I don't know if, no, I'm, I'm, if I'm going I'm, out of I'm control. Not, I think a lot of that had to do also, too, that uh, Dallas's attention wasn't as on him as much as Fair. they probably should have. 
Uh, and again, kind of, I know he's battling injuries, but kind of begs the question in the games that he was active before. The one game he was active before that wasn't used as much. He probably should have been better. I mean, you, uh, you're talking about a you're talking about an offense that's uh, led by Jason Garrett. So I mean, yeah, what, what, what's new there? Uh, so that will be a play for me at least in the contest. Not uh, now. Now that the number's down to eight, I would not play it. And as we say, we would not tease the Rams down, even though you have a good opportunity to do that. Now, uh, another game, uh, Jeff, that I know you are uh, you are going to be a fan of here: Cincinnati Bengals in Detroit taking on the Lions. A game that has basically been lined across the board in the market. Cincinnati by three and a half after that crazy overtime loss for the Bengals last week, and the Lions uh, continue to just lose in epic, epic fashion. Jeff, where do you stand on this, this Detroit team? One that uh, obviously without uh, just a, a, a collection of horrific events going against them could easily be a 2-3 and three team, and they've basically been in every game. I, week one was was a blowout, had a late uh, comeback to, to cover that against some numbers, but I mean, they've they, played tight in all these games, at least for large stretches this year. How do you evaluate them through five weeks? Yeah, I, I as odd as this will say, they're much better than I thought they were going to be, even though they're the exact record I thought they were going to be. <laughs> they are 0-5. Through yeah. five games, I thought they'd be winless. I, I always thought that this would probably be the game that they would probably have a good chance to win. And at three and a half, I think they're a really good bet this week. Uh, we put this in the contest. Uh, I like them in the teaser as well that we'll get to later in the show. Uh, but look, Ben, I know Cincinnati's been better than we thought, but what has Cincinnati really done to earn being a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at this point? Except maybe at Jacksonville, even though, of course, Jacksonville played them tough. And if Trevor Lawrence gets one yard in the second quarter, this line probably doesn't exist because Cincinnati beat two and three. So, look, mm-hmm. I, I, the Lions are so close. They're going to win one of these close games at some point. And if this game is tight... Don't be surprised if Detroit gets it done here, especially with a questionable kicking game on the other side that we saw on full display last week for the Bengals Just against the Packers. Uh, so I like the Lions plus the three and a half, and it wouldn't shock me if they get the win number one on Sunday. Mostly because I had Detroit in the contest last week, and I, I at once simultaneously thought, how am I even covering this? And at the same time <laughs> thinking, how is Detroit going to lose this game? I don't know that I want to go back on that, uh, that three-hour jaunt Again tomorrow, I, I don't blame you at all for uh, for making that pick, Jeff. Here's what I'll say on Cincinnati that I think should, is really concerning on the Zach Taylor front, their head coach going forward. The biggest question I had for him coming into the year, Jeff, was uh, could he be more unpredictable as a play caller? Last year, they were the worst first down passing team in the league, and that was largely because on about 80% of their plays, they ran out of 11 personnel where they spread the field, had four wide receiver sets, and they were extremely predictable. Jeff, what do you think the breakdown is this year? Of uh, and this is just across all plays, not first downs. Not that they're that they're showing eleven personnel. It's it's eighty. It's eighty uh, percent of the time. I mean, they are running. So uh, when they're under center, they're running on eighty percent of those snaps. Eleven personnel. It's they're like they they've used it to top five in the league so far. So it's they're predictable. You know exactly what you're going to get out of this uh, this offense, and it's why Joe Burrow is amazing. But you can only do so much. So. I'm with you. As crazy that is to say, I'm with you on the 0-5 Detroit Lions. We're back with more on Center after this. This is Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Fuel up for football with a five-hour energy football challenge. Energize your fight for first and play for free in this three-part contest series for your shot at $15,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash 
five hour energy now to get in on the action five hour energy hours and hours of energy terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details as we're back Vison bet center with jeff parles i'm ben wilson still a few more games to break down then we'll get into our picks all of our best bets for week six in the nfl uh, and jeff a game that uh, well we, we said earlier we had danny burke our our guy from Chicago, host of Vison's Rush Hour on the show. He kind of liked this uh, Las Vegas Raiders spot. On the road at Denver, first game, Sands, John Gruden, resigning earlier in the week. And you're seeing basically market-wide now. It's up to Denver minus four uh, in the market, Jeff. I said earlier, uh, you could give me a 10-foot pull. I would not go anywhere near touching this game. Anything you want to do uh, with this spot? So hard to figure out where the psyche is going to be here for the Raiders. What do you think? Yeah, the only I would only play Vegas. Uh, that that would be the only thing I would do here. I don't really want, I don't want Denver. I don't think the Broncos are any good. I think the uh, the the three and zero start was a product of their opponents being terrible, and since then they obviously handled easily at home by Baltimore. They made Pittsburgh's offense look good, which should be an imposs- impossibility at this point. Uh, look, I don't know what the Raiders are going to be. I don't know if the Raiders are going to are going to look really good. I don't know if they're going to be really flat. We know last week, even though they said, oh, it wasn't a distraction going in, it was absolutely pretty obvious obvious, uh, that that uh, 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 played a role in that uh, defeat to the Bears last week. But this is a stay off. This is a stay off for me, and I'd only look to play Vegas. That would be the only thing I'd do here. The the thing with the the Denver, I, I feel like with Teddy Bridgewater having just been cleared right at the end of the week and and, and having a very quick turnaround for him coming off of being cleared out of the concussion protocol. I think that's a game you kind of just throw out if you're evaluating Denver. I know defensively, it, it was not encouraging to see them let uh, Ben Roethlisberger at least complete a couple of long passes on uh, that, that vaunted Denver defense. But uh, having said that, I, I kind of like the spot for Denver coming back home after the two straight losses. Maybe this is more me just kind of wishing for a narrative to come true, Jeff. I'm not going to play this game, but I would love to see a scenario where Denver comes home they win handily. Las Vegas looks kind of shaky in that first game without Gruden. And then everybody says, all right, let's hit the panic button on the Raiders. They're, they're done. They don't have a coach. Mark it, mark it down. They're not going to, you know, they're going to struggle the rest of the year. I think that would be a point, Jeff, where you could really have some value coming back in on, on the Raiders. Now, as we know, and as we always point out, the NFL is, is not at all a, a linear <laughs> exercise over the now 18 weeks of the season. You don't, you, there are all these, uh, you know, these narratives that we kind of hope for just to potentially give us some value and very rarely do they actually play out like that so for me that's kind of what i'm selfishly hoping jeff but i you know if this was a three-point game would not that would not shock me and i could see the raiders easily uh covering I, I kind of expect denver to win the game but at four not not a play for me you mentioned i mean potentially teasing this up which i wouldn't hate either because denver what are they going to do offensively it's a team that's been uh bottom five in the league in, in offensive efficiency so far jeff so it's it's your classic, like, tease it up with a really low total, I mean, as well, too, down at 42-43. Uh, so. If you're going to look to uh, play the total, I just want to touch on this real quick yeah. because it's a very low total for an NFL game at this point. say 44, short change. Yeah, yeah so, so not, as, not as short as it was earlier in the week. It had been bet a little bit. Uh, but with the way that Denver plays offense at this point, if they're going to win this game, they're probably going to have to win a lower-scoring game. So i probably look to go under here, especially if you're going to get a 44, if somehow you get a 44.5 in that bet. 
I think that's not bad. I'm looking to see if there are any 44 and a half. So I, I do not see any. So 44 is the best you Ooh, can Wait, do, wait it out. Uh, you might get right one late. Yeah, especially, look, you are in uh, our jurisdiction in Nevada with a lot of Raider, a lot of over money coming in. That might work out late. But again, this is a weird week. All that we know uh, on the outside surrounding the Raiders. Let's get to another game, one that I think could be in the, in the candidate for uh, for Survivor this week. I think a lot of people will play it. It is the, the most picked game in the Circa Survivor Contest, and that is the Indianapolis Colts at home against the Houston Texans, where they're laying, Jeff, uh, 10, 10 and a half in some spots. I, like, I, don't, I don't think there's much we need to say from the Survivor perspective, even though, and I will play the Colts in Survivor. It gives me a little pause that I am backing Carson Wentz as a quarterback with the two sprained ankles off a short week and a, just a visceral loss that they take in Baltimore. Having said that, I, I still trust them from a Survivor standpoint. Laying 10, though. That, that, that feel a touch high to you, Jeff, or is that just me? Nah, it feels right. Feels right. Okay. Feels right. Here, here, Look, I'm staying off of this game completely. The big question for this is, should Indy be a double-digit favorite against anyone? And if Houston was not coming off a performance where, let's face it, Houston should have won last year. Should have won that game against New England. I'd be more inclined to bet Houston getting double digits against a team that I'm not certain should be favored by 10 against anyone. And especially with the way Indianapolis lost on Monday night. But Ben, I'm not convinced Houston can put together two competent performances <laughs> in a row. That's my concern. That's why I laid off here. Uh, because they put, they, a, they put together a sixth of a competent performance last week. No, basically. it was about a half. Not a sixth. Uh, sorry, six tenths. Oh, okay. I got my, I got okay. my fraction. I was going to say, yeah. okay, yeah, 60% I was of the game. Say, yeah. a point six. We're three hours into this. I mean, look, David Coley was going for it on fourth down in his own end. It was, it was, I, I texted like four different people. What, good for like, David Coley to figure Cully. this all out. And then David Coley went back into a shell in the second half and look what happened. Yeah, uh, but look, I just, this Texas team just, even though they have a few players that are legitimately good NFL players, they just don't have enough depth. And Indianapolis, even in defeat, you start to feel a little bit better about their chances to get back in this thing. Wouldn't shock me if Indy runs them out of the building. Wouldn't shock me if Indy is the mediocre team we've seen so far this year as a whole. And they struggle and end up winning this game by six. So this is a complete stay away. One issue, I think, for the Colts, just from covering this game, no Rodrigo Blankenship. He, for those of you who watched Monday Night Football, you saw him get hurt, and and basically they tried to trot him out there late for a field goal that went as, about as, as well as you would expect. They signed Michael Badgley, who spent a week with the Titans, Jeff, who in his only game this year missed a PAT, missed a field goal, and the Colts have really struggled putting together full drives this season. We saw that on display Monday night against Baltimore in that game, and they're still a team that's they're 20th in offensive DVOA so far, 28th in passing on early downs with Carson Wentz at the helm. And that's really the one thing, Jeff, if you're going to point to any positives on the Houston side, that's, that's kind of what they do well. It's ninth in passing DVOA on the defensive side this year for David Culley's Houston Texans. So I think Houston's going to, is going to make life hard for Indianapolis, at least for stretches, not the full game. I think for, for parts of this game, Indianapolis will have trouble moving the ball all the way down the field. I don't really trust the Colts kicking game whatsoever right now. I know you're a big honey badger, uh, honey badger fan. The, the, the cousin nickname of, of the actual honey badger. I, I don't know that to me, I know we don't want to make too much of a deal out of kickers and a, a handicap when it's a line like 10 in a divisional game. That to me, I think actually is, is bears a little bit of weight. And also Davis Mills, highest, highest single game PFF grade of any rookie quarterback this year of any of the rookies last week. And he's going up against a defense that is, 
30th uh, against the uh, the pass in uh, in defensive, I should say, in in, in uh, pass DVOA this year. So I think he, I think Houston could be able to move the ball in this spot as you see some of the props up. You think I'm crazy for putting Houston as a contest? Play I look, plus I 10. don't, I don't I look. I <laughs> if you're going to make me take a side in a contest, I'd much rather have that one than laying double digits with a team that may just not be any good. It was one win this year was one was win. against Miami? Yeah. You know it's an interesting contest week when you've got the Giant, the G-Men, and the Texans getting a combined 19 and a half points. So we'll get to our, our full contest plays in a second. Um, last one before we hit a break here, we'll sneak in Sunday night. Seattle, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh laying five. Gino, your guy, your favorite quarterback. Uh, what what do you make of a handicap like this? I did not want any part of this game, so I, I didn't. Play. I didn't bet it, but two there were two outcomes here that I think are in play. One is Pittsburgh wins by a ton. The other one is Seattle wins the game outright. I don't see a close game here if Pittsburgh is going to win. I think this would be a run out for the Steelers. Regino turns the ball over a bunch. Steelers offense that was found a week ago was found again against a defense that is really bad as a whole. Or the Steelers mess around like we've seen them do throughout the history of Mike Tomlin and they let Seattle stay in the game. Gino is what he was against the Rams in relief last week, uh, despite the fact that a lot of people threw him under the bus for the interception where it was not his fault. Tyler Lockett fell down. And Gino finds a way, and the Seahawks steal this game on the road, which makes this a completely non-bettable game for me on a side perspective. I do kind of like this game over a little bit, though. Over, all right. Yeah, because even if even if, if Pittsburgh is going to score in the high 20s or even the low 30s, I know you need low 30s to get this thing uh uh, comfortably over from Pittsburgh, you're probably going to get Seattle gar- uh, garbage time points at Pittsburgh's out in front, uh, where it's probably not enough. It's not enough to get you to that number, but it's enough to get your total over. With Pittsburgh, 24th pass uh, DVOA defense. Gino, seven and a half yards per uh, yards per, per attempt last week. I mean, it was all right. He was solid. Obviously, everyone's going to talk about the late pick. Steelers' uh, pro football focus is 27th uh, coverage grade so far. So you can, you can throw on Pittsburgh. Again, it is Geno Smith on Sunday night on the road in Pittsburgh. You'd have to rely on and does not have the, uh, the help of this card. We'll see. I, I'm kind of with you. I would lean Seattle. I'm not going to play it. Uh, we will get to our plays on our best bets uh, coming up next. Final segment of Beeson Bet Center. Before we kick things over to Greg Peterson. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VSIN.com. Slash subscribe. Final segment of VEASAN Bet Center before we hand the baton over to Greg Peterson for the Greg Peterson Experience live from downtown Las Vegas at our Circa Sportsbook Studios. Back with Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson for the final time. One last game, Jeffrey, to get to. Monday Night Football, Buffalo and Tennessee. We just we, we had this conversation last week with regards to that was a, a consensus play in, uh, in millions. A lot of people liking Kansas City, as did uh, you. I, I did as well. I didn't end up playing it. But Buffalo was clearly the right side, and, uh, and they win that game going away. Interesting spot to come off of that game 
this would be your classic, you know, letdown spot if this was, say, in our early window tomorrow, but it's a Monday night game. Same spot, by the way, where there was that Tuesday night game last year. Buffalo got absolutely stomped by Tennessee. Titans had all the COVID issues, had to move the game back uh, three days, and Buffalo lost going away. Is what, how do you evaluate a spot like this where Buffalo, look, it's, I know it's a quote-unquote letdown spot, but it's also another primetime game back-to-back, and it's not like Tennessee's defense is, I mean, they're probably marginally better than Kansas City's, but they haven't really proved capable of stopping anybody. Are you, uh, are you thinking the same thing? So this is, this kind of goes like what I was, gonna, what I was saying before uh, with, with the Sunday night game. Either, I, this feels like either Buffalo runs them out of the building and this is revenge part two, back-to-back weeks, where they obviously got their revenge on Kansas City. They, they, that game, it was pretty apparent early that you're in trouble if you had Kansas mm-hmm. City bets last week. Uh, and then, of course, like you mentioned, it was the weird COVID pushback game to a Tuesday. Tennessee blew the doors off the Bills in that game. It would not shock me. By the way, first off, before I tell you the side play here, I like this game over. I like this game over 53. I know Buffalo's defense has been really good, but the only big-time offense they played was Kansas City was last week, and they were handed a pick six because Tyreek just dropped the ball right into the defender's hands. Yep. Mahomes threw an interception to Gregory Rousseau, a defensive end, and Kansas City at the end, I mean, that would, Mahomes kicked the ball for a fumble, basically, at the end on the bad snap. So a little bit of things that I'm not sure certain of how sustainable that is. Yes, I know they had the two shutouts against Miami and Houston. You talk about three, two of the six worst offenses in the NFL. <laughs> and that one, Washington did move the ball against them, but couldn't get a stop. Tennessee's going to be able to score in this game. It's just a matter of can they get enough stops to stay in the game. And we put them in the contest at six behind us. We put them in the contest of five and a half uh, over at the Super Contest right. as well. I think Tennessee's going to have a chance to win the game late here with a drive. Uh, I'm not sure if they get there, but I do like them to cover the five and a halfs that are still out there. 27th in defensive DVOA, the Titans are this year. The one thing I'll say that would make things, at least it's going to be a a unique and different setup defensively for Buffalo than what they've seen. They have, as far as their setup, especially uh, defending the run, they really haven't had to do it much this year. They have uh, put the second fewest snaps of any defense with six or fewer defenders in the box. And when you're playing a Derrick Henry-led offense on the other side, that's usually not how defenses choose to <laughs> to go against uh, Tennessee, where it's like, all right, you got to load the box. You got to prevent Derrick Henry from beating you as a running back. And then and you try to uh, do what you can against Ryan Tannehill in the passing game, which hasn't really been that great for Tennessee. I mean, in all things considered, uh, so far this year, hey, look, Titans have been, uh, they've been pedestrian, 21st in offensive DVOA overall. So I think, Jeff, as far as it being a different look, I think you're right on that. Having said that, I still, look, I still really like Buffalo. I'm not going to play him in this game because I'm not really sure what to make of the spot here. But I think at a, at a certain point, the, the, the defense is still extremely fast. As long as they're healthy, there's not a whole lot of depth behind uh, their starting guys, Jeff. But I think as long as they're healthy for, uh, for Sean McDermott as a head coach, that's going to be a really good defense. And I'm still not really sold on Tennessee as being like I've been so unimpressed with them so far. But again, it's a home game. It's Monday night. I don't blame you guys for putting it in the contest. It's a nice contrarian spot. And you're getting almost six. So. I got six behind us. So. And six behind us as well. Um, with that being said, let's get into our, our plays, our best bets for week six in the NFL. Uh, Jeffrey, you have the floor, my sure, friend. Sure, I guess I'll go first. Uh, yeah, again, go uh, let's just start with Cleveland. We'll start yeah. there. Laid the three uh, earlier in the week uh, before it moved off. Parlos uh, plays. Yeah, they, there it. we go. Uh, 
Uh, Brown, again, like I said before, I think this is a, a, a bad spot for Arizona. COVID issues, all sorts of problems. Uh, um, coaching staff down, no Kingsbury. Uh, Kyler Murray's not 100%. I like Cleveland, especially of the loss. Um, I have more that are that, that weren't. Uh, that, 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 I knew that, you that wouldn't have just that two. I, that I didn't give to Wyatt. Uh, <laughs> teaser number one, you, you can keep that up there. Teaser number one is on there. Uh, the Lions and the Chargers. Um, I know it's not a Stanford a Stanford Wong teaser, but uh, the Lions losing by a touchdown is absolutely in play here. Uh, and the Chargers, look, uh, that is a, a Stanford Wong leg uh, getting the two and a half up to uh, up to eight and a half. I just have a hard time seeing that game not landing a touchdown one way or another at worst. So Chargers there. I also have a Charger Carolina teaser. Nice. Eight and a half a piece on that. Your traditional Stanford Wong there. And then also to uh, uh, I have. Um, I have, they have the Chargers. Those bets remember, earlier. Remember in the week. your bets. Jeff. The three and a half. The three uh, on the Chargers earlier in the week. Three and a half is not available anymore. And that's why I didn't send that one. You think, in. That there, game there, gets, you think that game gets back to three? I mean, there's some three minus twenty out there right now. Uh, if you want to lay it with the Chargers, uh, I would wait and see if you can get a three flat before betting it. Uh, I don't like. Uh, again, I know there's things earlier in the week. Uh, uh, I'm not big on on suggesting things that aren't readily out there. Mm-hmm. Point, I, so. Thanks for being an honest guy, no. Jeff. You're man of the people. Uh, so we'll look at my place here. Uh, some of these will match what, uh, what we talked about with Jeff. Uh, we'll go uh, Survivor. I mentioned that earlier. Survivor, I am taking the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts uh, this week. So I do like the Colts, at least from a Survivor perspective. Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, like any week, where you have the Houston Texans, the New York Giants at your contest place, Jeff, you know it's going to be an absolute doozy. And, uh, and here we go. Oh, we're calling this Benny and the Bets. I like it. We had, we had the Parles plays. Look at that. Benny and the Bets. So here's the, here are the contest plays. Mentioned Texans. Mentioned Giants. Chargers, I am with you on that, Jeff. Plus two and a half. We are going Vikings as well. Um, and I should, uh, one and a half, I, I was in the Westgate contest. Uh, I'm in using Westgate lines. One is the circle line. Browns minus three. And then, uh, like, I'm going to match you with, with the Chargers teaser. Like, we, I think we've talked about that kind of ad nauseum. Chiefs down to minus a half. Talked earlier about how I, I really do love favorite total on the board. Vikings, Panthers under 46 uh, with uh, two defenses that uh, I think have surprised a lot of people, both top eight in overall defensive efficiency this year. I think this is going to be a really tight, really low scoring game. And uh, I wanted to point this out on the Moneyline Parlay side, Jeff, to get the Colts and Packers minus 135 is a spot where I think a lot of people are just going to look at, you know, let's, let's just tease Green Bay, maybe tease Indy because you could do a seven point tease or get them down to three. But Keep in mind, most seven-point teasers out there, Jeff, you are at a minimum. The, the best you can probably do is minus 140 on a seven-point teaser. But I think this is a great example of as much as I love teasing games, there are certain spots where money lines don't always reflect the actual betting spread because especially when you get, to, and you know this, Jeff, when you get to a high spread, a lot of people will take shots on money line with the dog. So books don't want to give them a lot of it. They don't want to give themselves so much exposure to have a huge money line underdog price so they might get a you might get a shorter price as a result on the favorite so what i did here i mean you, you money line parlay indianapolis and green bay instead of teasing both of these games we're sure i could have teased indianapolis down to minus three tease green bay down to basically plus one and laid a dollar 40 well why would i do that when i could just money line parlay them both and you get minus 135 and them just to uh, to win the games so that's your little it's our little math lesson for the day there jeff no, what do you, what again, do you, think you about that? again you don't want, really want to bet through you don't want to tease through and you zero, don't want to tease through tease zero, zero, anyway. zero anyway what's the, the 30 second no, example I, look, on why look, you don't look, want to tease through zero look, 
Well, you'd never tease for zero, but Ben. Oh, I was, ben, yeah, but I was ben, asking for their but, but but oh, but yeah. but Ben, look more than anything. It's it's all it, all of it's math related, as as always. We don't have the time to really go through because okay. I could do it. For I asked if you could do minutes. it in thirty seconds. But but, uh, but, but look, uh, <laughs> look, I, the money line parlay. Look, also uh, it, uh, Colts survivor, not Rams. Yeah, but, anyway. uh, but the Rams, I think, are a solid survivor pick anyway this week. Uh, and look, we oh. saw. Oh my goodness, there's. That wow. apparently is the uh, is the Betty in the bed. I, I, so, I, ha, I have wait. seen I have seen that outfit once before. So <laughs> so uh, so there you what go. But uh, but uh, look, that is amazing. Uh, wow. Uh, but look, I, I think in the That's, end here, Ben, uh, just wow. looking at this week ahead, because you have buys involved now too, and these contests are just going to get so hard to figure out five with lesser games, lesser mm-hmm. options. Yep. And, uh, we'll see. We'll see how Wes and I do this week, contest-wise, behind us uh, here at Circa, uh, and then uh, in the Super as well. But uh, interesting week, and I think we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about Kansas City because if they somehow lose to Washington, their season might be cooked completely. And we're gonna see. Uh, to me, the game Dallas New England's the the one that I'm really interested in from the perspective of. Are the Cowboys as good as they've shown through these first few weeks? Because if they go up to New England and pound the Patriots, then this team may very well be that Super Bowl contender that I think. And I know New England isn't particularly good, but that's a step that the Cowboys haven't had in the, in the past, beating a team coached by right. Belichick. Here we go. For White, Tom Chick, our producer, and for Jeff Parles, I'm Ben Wilson. That does it for us on VEASAN Center. Good luck with your plays on NFL Week 6. Greg Peterson Experience coming your way next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.